Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope of freedom to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind, or those searching for a better way to live life with joy and a sound mind. Rich and Susan Collenberg found their freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago in the series Healing by Design. They explore God's healing and restorative nature as our universe's designer and creator. Healing is now on the way on Freedom to Choose. Everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg, and my name is Susan Collenberg, and we would like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose and our series, Healing by Design. And this program is uh, available on our website at www.justasiamministries, and it is program number five in the series, Healing by Design. Um. Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that you provide healing and um, a way to restore not only our physical bodies, but our our mental and spiritual um, attributes that you've endowed us with. And we just ask now that you would send your guidance and your Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds and to um, share the good news about all you can do for each of us as individuals. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, this program is called Healing by Design. And so what we thought we would do is we would, uh, in the program, is run the parallels between the physical and the spiritual. And so there are five requirements for physical life, health, growth, and development. And God uses these five elements to teach us truths about spiritual life and health. And those five requirements for physical life are air, water, food, rest, and exercise. For the opening of this series and for the first few programs, we're going to examine these and how these correspond, of course, with the, with the spiritual application. And that's where we get the title for the program, Healing by Design. Which one are we going to look at today, Susan? Well, all, men, all physical and mental development, growth, and advancement occur only through physical and mental exercise, through the actual application, through our purposeful action. And this is called the law of exertion. After Adam and Eve rested that first Sabbath in their relationship with the Lord, God gave them useful labor to engage and apply their abilities for growth and development. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the, what's, what's the, what's the, uh, the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. Do you remember going there to, to France and the Eiffel Tower? I do. Uh, And we, we climbed that thing, didn't we? We did. And. Very laborious. Uh, very laborious. <laughs> I, w- I want. I want to ask you a question though. If you were now, how many years ago was it? That was in two thousand two. So that was that was quite a while ago. That was a long time. Long ago. Long time ago. If you were to climb it today, 
would it be easier for you today, even though you're what uh, 11 that, years older? 11, more like 20 years what, tw- older. Oh, yeah. Third grade math <laughs> got me again. And, 21 years older. Right. Because that's what I was thinking as you were asking the question. Instead of listening to the question, I was thinking, <laughs> wow, I'm actually 21 years older, yet I believe I'm in better physical health today than I was back then. And so um, I believe that I would do better this if we were to go back today it, and it, do that, it. It's mind boggling. See, right. that's healing by design. That's the restorative power of God because you had just got clean and sober, what, four years prior to that. I believe you were still smoking at that no, no, I think I quit smoking in two, the end to of 2000. 2000. Yes. Right. Yes. So you had, you, but you were not on an exercise program yet, probably just starting one. Right. Because I remember you got out of breath. I got out of breath. We were both very, very spent and we were 20 years younger. So this just kind of, for me, this validates, you know, if you want to become strong in any way, you must exercise that ability. If you want strong muscles, you must exercise strong math ability work problems strong musical skills practice your instrument and if you want to be strong in the things of god then you must choose to live out and apply in life the principles and the methods of god it's it's pretty simple right we've all heard that phrase if you don't use it you'll lose it and jesus actually taught this reality in the parable of the talents in matthew 25:14 through Verse 30, those servants who invested and used their talents had gained more. Likewise, when we apply ourselves and use the abilities God has given us, we will gain more skill, insight, wisdom, and we grow in godliness. You know, I find uh, even like not not even setting out to to do a, you know, a specified worship in the morning. But when I get to, I will listen to spiritual things on the way to work. But when I get to work, if I talk to the guys about reality-based spiritual stuff, how things work, how things are designed, um, you know, if, if we do this, this will happen because of, you know, and when I'm talking like that and I'm just expressing myself, I, I get stronger for that day. You know what I'm right. saying? And so, you know, what the other thing I want to stop before we get further into the spiritual is to come back to the actual and the practical regarding exercise, because a lot of times we see examples out in the real world and they're, you know, everybody's super fit and they're able to do all these things. And for me, I looked at it and said, well, I, don't, I can't do that, so I won't do anything. Until I got to the place where I recognized that if I just walked, whether it be five minutes a day or standing in place or whatever it may be, that that initial little effort to do any type of exercise has always led to something greater. And I guess that is kind of spiritual, right? If we put a little bit of faith out or a little bit of trust in God, then God can build on that trust to give us more trust. So I just want to encourage anybody out there who may be struggling with the physical exercise, as long as you checked with your doctor, because we are not doctors and we don't no, know. No, no, no. But to, to just try, you don't have to go out and do this elaborate stuff or join a gym or run a marathon. It's about getting a, a couple of minutes of walking in a day, whether it's walking around your house or your apartment, but just to take a nice deep breath 
and to move your body. That's it, all it is, is move. Wake those organs up. Get them some oxygen. I'm I'm actually listening to a book right now. Who, who's the author? Bree, Bree Brown. Bree Brown. And she was talking, and this is fascinating, because what you're talking about, about looking around and seeing what else is going on around, she's talking about she she hits the pool and she's in a lane and she's in her zone and she's and and just you know swimming at her own pace and this is feeling good about that exercise and the next thing she knows she starts paying attention to the guy or girl in the next lane who she doesn't know who does she knows anything about and she starts competing with them and this is in her book and you you, you just you get that you want to ruin something for yourself start comparing yourself to other people right right because it it just you know we all just as we all have our own individual relationships with god it's that throughout our whole, whole life, you know, whether it be diet, dress, exercise, job, home, whatever it may be, we're all individuals. And we, you know, the only thing that we need to, um, to worry about is what our relationship with God is. That's and that's right. an individual basis as well. That's right. You know, and we, if we bury those talents, then we'll lose what we had. If we don't actively choose to live out those principles of God, then while we may claim a legal salvation, our spirit, it will atrophy, and we become spiritually weaker, less capable of fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. Right. So um, I want to encourage all of us to be spiritually healthy, to be reborn, washed and cleansed by the Spirit, nurtured by um, taking in the truth of God into our hearts and minds, rest in goodness and grace of God, and actively choose to apply God's principles into our lives and into all that we do. I guess that was Paul's advice to us, right? Yeah, yeah. He he exercised his faith. He didn't just sit around. Near the end of his life, he wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Right. And not only to me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. That's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Right. It is a very encouraging and beautiful promise for all of us who fight the good fight, a crown of righteousness given to us by Jesus himself. But what does it mean to fight the good fight? Yeah, you know, the Bible often uses warfare language. And just like, let's go back to the physical. I don't always feel like exercising. And there's a battle for me to do what I need to do to keep physically fit. And there's that war, and, and it's also a battle because we fight that carnal nature. We not only fight it to go out and do physical exercise, we fight it to do spiritual exercise as well, and it runs parallel. So that nature is constantly pulling us to go the easy way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, I like, you know, that's why I'm so thankful for my wife because if I don't feel like walking, most of the time she will. And she will, and you know, we, we had to do a diet change a while back and she got right on the same bandwagon as I did. Uh, and because I needed to do that for my health, for my, the sugar in my blood, as well as some other stuff that's going on and things had to change and she's right alongside with me 
and that's what a partner does. And so when we're when we're exercising physically or spiritually, it's great to have that person that gets quote unquote on the same page where you can strengthen one another and when you do it it it's it's fun it's good it 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 works you know and and that's very very important um so like i say the bible it lots of times uses warfare warfare language uh we're to put on the full armor of god so that we can stand against the devil's schemes for we're fighting against wicked spiritual wicked spiritual forces in heavenly worlds Ephesians 6, 11, and 12, were to wield the sword of the Spirit, which we are told is the Word of God, Ephesians six seventeen and Hebrews 4, 12. Right, and it was interesting, um, the Bible tells us, though, that we're to be living in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So when we put on the full armor of God, it's not an action towards someone else. It's, no. a, it's a shoring up of our own faith, of our own beliefs to um, to be settled into that truth about God. Yes, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us tells us that. But we are, let's not get it wrong, we are in a war, um, and the war is not external. It's an internal one. It's happening inside of each and every one of us that we wage this war between right and wrong in us. And, this, and Paul wrote... Yeah, Paul wrote, and I'm so thankful he wrote this because... Paul, as we know, was an open book, and um, I think personally that being an open book, because, you know, I mean, look at what David wrote after he had sinned with Bathsheba, after he asked God to create in him a clean heart. Does God know what David did? Yes. Do the angels know what David did? Yes. Do we now know what David did? Yes. And so David was an open book. He poured his heart out to God for cleansing, but he also, just like Paul, he understood that this is nature, and this is Romans 7, and I'm so thankful for it. Romans 7 says, When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner, in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Do you often feel that tug of, uh, you, you know, that carnal tug? Yeah, just when we were, you know, you said it was nice to have me along in this journey for the last diet change that we made. But, you know, there's times when I want to, revert back to the old behavior and and uh, indulge when I shouldn't because it's not healthy for me, let alone not healthy for you. But those are times when God can, um, you know, when you stop and you think about it, then you have the opportunity to make a correct decision. It's just like I had gotten a phone call from somebody that we work with on a regular basis and things were going really difficult for her. And um, she said, I don't even drink because she was an addict, a drug addict. I don't even drink, but I want to drink right now. 
And I said, I was so glad that she had called me because instead of picking up that bottle or going to the store and buying something, her instinct was to call and to talk through it as opposed to going directly to the behavior that we know is not the right behavior. She chose to do, she put a uh, inter- intermediate step in between, which caused the outcome to be different than what it was set in her mind to do. And th- and this this is fascinating because I don't know if she understood how much good she did you when she called. Right. And with you, I don't know about you, but with me, a lot of times somebody's name comes up on the phone and I don't want to answer it. Mm-hmm. because I know it's going to be a 20-minute discussion, and I have my agenda already planned, and my agenda is just that. It's my agenda. It's not God's agenda. Right. You know? Right. And so the only way we can get involved in helping other people is to help other people. You have to go against that nature mm-hmm. and make that first move. Mm-hmm. And you're, aren't you thankful you answered that phone? Absolutely. And then as we see, it's a very um, plain display of God's cycle of beneficence, right? A cycle of where we are all helping each other. And the connection is a circle. It's not somewhere out in the open. So now, because it was a blessing to me, I've reiterated what happened here on this program and hopefully that will in turn bless somebody who's listening exactly and so that's how that's how god works he works on this exponential timeline to um help people to be restored but we are warring against the power of sin selfishness fear lies deception propaganda lust and the evil methods of this world The primary focus of our fight is internal, and it's against our own fears, our hurts, our disappointments, our doubts, the inherited desire of selfishness, and all the dysfunctional and destructive habits that we've developed and what we've um, uh, mastered along the road of our life. And this is an important, I I like what you said, that, that we've mastered some really, really rotten stuff. Right. And I know... For me and for a lot of people that I talk to that are just getting clean and sober, they want the change to happen immediately. Mm -hmm. It has to be your choice or else if God could just flip a switch and change you, you wouldn't be you. Right. All those things, he would destroy your individuality, see? He can't force you to do anything against your will because it would change. That's not God. And, and remember, Paul is talking about arguments against the knowledge of God. We have to understand who God is, and God is going to allow you to become who you want to become, and He's going to present right, wrong, and all these options. But it's got to be your choice, so you aren't destroyed. Right. And I think what's what's beautiful about the process, and God knew this before it was even created the process was that as we do that, we're building up our own characters and our own individuality, just like you said, Rich. And so each time we decide, we're building up and the body, the Bible refers to it as a temple. So we're building up this, this structure of uh, choices and decisions that create this, this being and so it's not just actions and things. It's actually the the 
um, the creation of a being that becomes, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like, we're, we're becoming and we become an image of something. And it's through those choices. And, and what do we want to promote as our image and who we are as individuals? Are we selfish? Or are we giving or, and so all those little decisions are all a part of that process. So if God was to flip the switch, we'd lose that experience. And God is a God of experience. He wants us to grow through actions that we take in in union with him. Yeah, you can you can watch all the films you want on swimming. Mm-hmm. Unless you dive in and actually do it, you're not going to learn how. Right. You know, and and it's it's the same thing with anything else, you know. There are guys that that uh, I used to watch hit hit the baseball. I remember my dad used to love Ted Williams. He had this perfect swing. You can study that swing all day long until you hop in that batter's box. You're not going to be able to swing like that. Right. And so we have to understand spiritual things are the same way until you hop in that batter's box. And, and until we understand that God has set things up that way, healing by design, you want to, you want to be healed. You ask God to come into your heart change your heart and then we need to step out in faith but you know i think the most beautiful thing is that if you're if i don't know about you because i'm not a parent but i would be thinking that i would want my child to act and to do things a certain way but god takes that risk and says i'm going to let you be an individual and you can choose right or wrong i'm going to love you i may i may uh, allow I will allow you to suffer the consequences of those choices, but he gives that freedom to each and every one of us. And that just blows my mind because most of us would want to control what's under our power, right? Yeah. And he- but God does not control us at all. He allows that freedom, the freedom to not choose him, the freedom to do wrong or the freedom to do right. And in that is part of his character that I think he wants each one of us to understand that that exists and that's who he is. That's how good he is. He he has given us all plenty of evidence of who he is and everything around us. You know, you, you look at nature, you look at how things work, like we're talking about exercise today and how important it is to stay physically fit and how that correlates with spiritual exercise. And you, you choose to do... F- physical exercise Mm -hmm. you choose that right no one can force you to do that because forcing that against your will it it just it doesn't work it doesn't do it's not as effective as if you are choosing to do and you enjoy what you're doing and and god desires us to enjoy our lives and to participate and to be present and happy and engaged yep and so exercise is such an important part and so i I think what I'm kind of getting out of this whole thing is it, because of we have the freedom to choose and because of all the, the the benefits of exercise and whatnot and how our carnal nature wants us to control other things. Well, the Bible says those who belong to Christ have crucified this sinful nature. I'm not crucifying your sinful nature. Right. I'm responsible to crucify mine and the passions and desires. And the only way I can do that is is to step out in faith because we have to make a move. We have it. God's not going to destroy our individuality. He's not going to destroy our individuality. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, 
he's uh, so we have to step out in faith. If you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But it, by the Spirit, you will put together the deeds of misdeeds of the body. You will live. Romans eight twelve. Right. So we have to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to our earthly nature. So all those things that are bad for us have to be let go. They have to be, um, you know, given over to God so that our hearts can be changed to the pure things in life. Yep, that's how it works. And we're coming near the end of the program here, folks. We're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, remember, you can we give away free resources. Just uh, go to www.justasiamministries.com, and Susan will ship it out for you for free. Um, that's what we do. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to Healing by Design on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.